You are listening to episode 33. This is the second sneak preview for some of the topics that will be covered in the Everything is Negotiation Group Coaching. Last time we talked about navigating a difficult meeting and today I wanted to share a negotiation topic that is prevalent in all of our lives, boundaries. Find more information on the Everything is a Negotiation program at bosssurgery.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome surgeons. Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. Boundaries are necessary to prevent overwhelm, keep people from taking advantage of us, and ultimately protecting our time and our interest. We've all been there. We want to take time off, but a patient calls and needs something. We want to advance our academic career, but we find ourselves doing a lot of stuff we don't want to do, and now we don't want to do it anymore because it sucks the time and the joy out of what we do like to do. We want to be great surgeons, but we also want to be great wives, fathers, husbands, and mothers too. So what's the solution to these problems? How do we do it all and not lose ourselves? By forming boundaries. Boundaries are arbitrary lines that we draw for ourselves, but there's a lot to consider regarding boundaries. A boundary means saying no to something. And when we say no, we think that we're being selfish because there's a part of us that wants to make everyone happy. So we think we have to say yes to everything. Yes to the patient who calls after hours. Yes to the administration to be on another committee. Yes to the family to go to an event we don't want to go to. Yes, I can do something rather than work out like I planned. But the problem with saying yes to everything is that we're often saying no to ourselves. And there's a part of us that is not going to stand that for long. Because when we say no to ourselves, we erode that trust with ourselves. We build resentment towards others. And it's preventable. If we don't have boundaries, we send the message that we don't matter that other people's needs are more important than our own. And that martyrdom is going to catch up to us. Because when we make the decision to say yes to other people, we also make the decision to say no to ourselves. But what is a boundary anyway? Consider what we do on a daily basis. We make decisions. Many of us make decisions instinctually, especially as surgeons. That serves us well until we have a difficult decision to make when someone is asking more of us than we want to give. We may not realize that we're even dealing with a boundary issue. We may not have thought about what a boundary is. So what is a boundary? You can think of a boundary around our property first. We know where it is and we know when it's violated, but personal boundaries must be defined. A personal boundary is abstract, but you can imagine it as a line that divides your feelings, your needs and responsibilities from another person or even an organization. It separates us from others with the goal of protecting us, but it can also honor the relationship if done well. So what do boundaries do for us? They promote self-responsibility and empowerment. It leads to trust and respect for ourselves because it sends a message internally that we are in charge, that we will protect us, that we are worthy and we have the right to do it. So why don't we have better boundaries? What are we afraid of when it comes to boundaries? Consider the scenario of a patient calling after hours for something that could have been done during the day by our clinic staff. What are the thoughts that run through our head? They won't like us. 
they'll get angry at us. Not doing this will make us look bad or unmotivated or uncaring. They will judge us if we don't take this call. Are any of these thoughts really true? Maybe not, but what is really going on? What if not holding boundaries means we are being dishonest? We are not being our true and authentic self. We are agreeing to do things we really don't agree to, to avoid the feelings, these uncomfortable feelings of being disliked or judged. So instead of feeling those comfortable feelings, we choose to lie to ourselves, do what we don't want to do and build resentment towards others and erode the trust with ourselves. So how do you form a boundary? What are the four steps of a boundary? First is defining what that boundary is. This is your line that you have drawn around yourself. In this example, if a patient calls after hours for something that can and should be done during the day by someone else, that is our boundary. The second step is communicating that boundary. Does the patient know that it is something that can and should be done by the office staff during work hours? Assume they don't and state your boundary. A lot of us get stuck here. We're afraid to speak up. We question whether we should have this boundary. We don't say it and hope they just don't do it anymore. But our responsibility to communicate our boundary with someone else, it's our responsibility. If we don't communicate that boundary, it's a setup for disappointment and resentment. They don't know why we don't want to do it, so we may not be courteous to them, or we hang up the phone and get ticked off for our time being wasted. We can avoid this problem by stating what the boundary is. Now they know, and we know too. What is our third step? What are you going to do if the boundary is violated? It's not a true boundary if nothing happens if it's violated. If people know where your yard is, and they come and they bring all their friends, but you don't do anything about it, have they done anything wrong? We have to communicate what we will do if it is violated. In the example we're working with, if you call after hours, I will send it to the office staff. You don't have to spend any more time on it because that is the boundary you have set. Now they know and they understand what will happen now. A lot of us get stuck here. We don't want to be the bad guy. It brings up those fears about what they will think of us if we say what we might do. But clarity improves relationships, not just with the patient and you, but the relationship with yourself. You can trust yourself to protect your time and interest. Boundaries do not take us further away from people. They bring us closer. Because we respect ourselves, we can have people close to us. We're not afraid that they're going to take more from us than we're willing to give. The fourth step of a boundary is the follow-through. You must stick to your boundary. There is no point in having a barrier around your interest and your time if you're going to open the door anytime someone comes around. We may think just this once. Well, I did it last time, so now they expect it. This leads to resentment again. But this is our responsibility to hold up our end of the boundary. In our example, if a patient calls after hours with something that, you, that can and should be done by your office staff, then you tell them you'll refer to your clinic manager, and if they ask, but please, just this once, you say no. You protect your time and your interest. You don't allow a slow erosion of the trust in yourself. Boundaries are not to control other people. It's only to communicate what will happen so that other people understand what we want and what we're going to do. 
What about other people's boundaries? This gets into what boundaries are not. To manipulate people into doing something or for always getting our way. It's not to say, I want you to do something for me, and if you don't do that, it's violating my boundaries. What is the difference between a request and a boundary? It's how we feel when we create the boundary. Boundaries come from a place of love and respect for us and the other person. It prevents anger and resentment. It's not created from it. A request with a consequence is manipulation, not a boundary. It's trying to get someone to do something they may or may not want to do so we can feel better. It can actually be a violation of their boundary, protecting their space. An example of this. A boundary might be, I want to be at a job where I'm appreciated, and if I'm not feeling appreciated, I will leave. And then you leave. That's your four steps of a boundary. A request is something we want, but someone has to do it, and they may not want to do it. A request may be asking our boss for praise. That would show us appreciation, but we're now asking our boss to do it. They may or may not want to. It's asking them to do something for us so we can feel better. If we add a consequence to that, like, I want him to praise me or I'm going to report him, then that request turns into a manipulation. The importance of the distinction is that we want to strengthen relationships by building trust. Requests can be neutral, but manipulations don't build trust. Healthy boundaries promote empowerment. We're safe to interact with the world. We can be around people and not worry about them manipulating us. We can hold any job because we can protect ourselves from overworking or being taken advantage of. It is a critical part of negotiating with ourselves and with the people around us. Without boundaries, we are a setup for resentment, passive aggressive behavior, and disappointment. And I want more for you. Enrollment for everything is negotiation is open. Head to bossurgery.com for more information.